Baptist 21 is a pastor-led voice for Southern Baptists in the 21st century. The B21 podcast will discuss current issues in the SBC with Southern Baptist church leaders. To check out more resources, visit us at baptist21.com. Welcome to the Baptist 21 podcast, where we have conversations about what it means to be Baptist in the 21st century. And I'm Nate Aiken, your host. And uh, today I have with me the president of Guidestone, Dr. Hans Dilbeck. Uh, Doc, thanks for taking time to be on the podcast. It's good to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Well, I want to get to know you just a little bit first. So maybe tell me just a little bit of your testimony. So how did you come to know the Lord, maybe even the kind of move and call towards vocational ministry? And then how did you get to Guidestone? Yeah, I, I uh, my mom and dad were Christians, and they uh, raised me in a in a little county seat town Baptist church in a in a small town in Oklahoma, and so uh, I grew up hearing about Christ, and um, and actually my um, watched my mom lead my big sister to Christ at her bedside, and wow. the Lord used that to kind of uh, make me aware of my own sin and my own need, and so I was. Uh, uh, I made a personal commitment to Christ as a child and was baptized in the in the First Baptist Church of Pawhuska, Oklahoma. Okay, so and, you're an uh, Oklahoma guy. I born born and born and raised in a small town of about three thousand people. Hmm. Lots of you know my granddad was a, a deacon and key lay leader in the church, and lots of uh, cousins and uncles and aunts, and uh, so I I uh, I really wasn't very deep or mature in my faith in Christ. Um. And uh, uh, just after I, I went to high school and was planning to to uh, go to university and study engineering and move on with my life, and and uh, just after I finished high school, a guy that had been my Sunday school teacher, our church wasn't big enough to have a paid youth pastor, but the man that was my Sunday school teacher took us to church camp, knew me pretty well. Uh, was he, he was kind of my Eli to my Samuel. He he cornered me mm. that summer before I went to. Uh, off to college and and uh he said so you're gonna you're gonna go to oklahoma state you're gonna be an engineer i said yes and he said have you prayed about that and i said yes but as soon as as soon as i said yes i realized i was lying to him Mm -hmm. i hadn't really sought god's will for my life or prayed about it and and i I think he exercised a lot of wisdom uh uh, he said uh, i've always thought god had other plans for you and he just left it at that but um the you know kind of kind of why don't you lay back down on your bed and say speak lord your servant is listening and mm. and uh just and, and so i started seeking god's will for my life and realized that uh uh that that uh, he wanted me to uh to to be a minister of the gospel the only language i had for it in those days was he i was called to preach you know that was the language we had called to preach and so i instead of going to oklahoma state i went to oklahoma baptist university withdrew from OSU and rode an OBU and uh, and began to uh, pursue God's calling on my life. So you were a cowboy instead of a Sooner. That's right. I was. I, I would say I'm a little more of a Sooner now. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Success as a way of doing that. Um, <laughs> I love that story, though. I mean, I think one of the things that there's there's been, at least in the camps kind of I've grown up in, the kind of a lament and even maybe just a misunderstanding of the use of calling when we think about mm-hmm. pastoral ministry. but I love that just a layman in some sense has said, hey, I, you know, pray about this if you ever thought about it, and just that prodded you. I think we could do a much better job of saying to young men, 
This is a noble task. That's what Paul tells Timothy uh, in First Timothy three. And I think I, think I, about your life I, in this. I totally, I totally agree. And I, and since then I've learned you know, in, the, in our history, especially our Baptist history, the call to ministry uh, was not perceived as such a personal thing. It was more of a corporate thing. Oftentimes right. it was the church saying to a young man, we think you, you've got the gifting, the qualifications. And, and uh, I think we're, we've made it so personal. We're almost afraid to call a guy out. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, that's, that's not been to our advantage. So I, I went to OBU and met and married my wife there. And uh, we married while we were still college students. Mm. Uh, and and um, went to Southwestern Seminary, married from there. Uh, we had three sons and, and raised them. They're all in, the, in their 30s now. We've got eight grandkids. And um, uh, uh, But even while I was a student at Southwestern, I was pastoring a church. I started pastoring a little part-time church while I was a student. And and was a pastor in Oklahoma for 30 years. And then how long have you been at Guidestone now? I've been the president of Guidestone now for almost exactly one year. Okay. I became president March, March 1st last year. Early, early in your presidency there at Guidestone. Hey, yeah. normally we like to ask just a couple of like personal fun questions to get to know you a little bit. Um, and so I'm going to ask them kind of think family feud answer as you know, fairly quickly as you can. Favorite book that's not the Bible. Uh, East of Eden. Okay, good. Favorite athlete yeah. of all time? Oh, John Smith, the wrestler from Oklahoma State. Oh, wow. Like well, a champion. I will say that's the first time John Smith has ever been mentioned <laughs> on this podcast. So that, that's awesome. Uh, you grew up, obviously, in the church, around the church. But do you remember your first sermon and what, like on a Sunday morning, first sermon and what the text was? You know, the, the first sermon I preached was on a Sunday evening. Mm. And uh, it was the uh, 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 preached from Revelation chapter two and three, a couple of the letters to the churches, <laughs> and it was a total train wreck. It lasted about seven minutes. And, <laughs> and uh, uh, I love it. Uh, I uh, I might have uh, I, I definitely bit off more than I could chew that night. That's that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, a seven minute sermon in Revelation two and three. There would be some people that would be happy with that. I'm sure. Um, well, hey, let's talk more Guidestone um, and, and, and kind of just what's going on there. But first, just, I want to talk larger SBC. Kind of just give me both. Can you give me both kind of what you think are kind of discouraging and the challenges we're facing, but also what makes you excited about uh, being Southern Baptist and what are the good things that are happening in our cooperation right now? Yeah, you know, uh, cooperation is always a challenge. It always has been. It always will be. It's one of the most common things we learn in the New Testament when we read the New Testament. It's always been hard for churches to get along and people to get along within the church. And uh, it was hard for the 12 disciples to get along. Mm. Um, and uh, what I would say just generally about the Southern Baptist Convention is I, I think of three truths about us that we should deal with. One is that we're in decline. And, and I think we need to have the humility to readily acknowledge that by... by Every every numerical measurement, uh, and in in many ways, just measuring spiritual health, uh, we're in decline. Uh, we're uh, and um, in some ways moving in many ways moving the wrong direction, mm. which should foster in us a humility that causes us to cry out to God and seek His His help and uh, intervention. We don't we don't have any room for pride. Um, the other thing I would say about us, second, is is that we're in transition in a lot of ways. 
some some of the challenges we have are the fact that 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 things are changing in the Southern Baptist Convention. You know, we're we're less southern, we're less rural, more urban. There's some generational change going on. Uh, we're less white, more diverse, and all those things put pressure on us. It's a, it's a positive kind of pressure. There's nothing wrong with those transitions, but uh, but uh, you know when we were all from the same place and we're the same type of people, it was easier to get along with each other. And that's not the case anymore. Again, that's a challenge, but it's a good thing and and something that I think we should celebrate and acknowledge. It's mm-hmm. part of our challenge. Um, the other thing, and this is, I guess, is a, a more hopeful element, is in spite of the decline, and and in some ways because of the transition, but we're still really big. Uh, you know, we we are the huge kingdom force, gospel force, and uh, sometimes, you know, we get so focused on the decline, we forget the fact that that you know, numbers of Christ followers, numbers of churches, the size and strength of our institutions. We're just, a, we're just a big old gospel battleship that if we can have it moving in the right direction and being healthy, we can have a huge impact. And uh, so, you know, I, I think we've got to have a generation of leaders who can maintain passion for the mission, but still have some patience with the machine that is, that is SBC because, um, because there's, there's a lot of of impact there, not just potential, present impact and potential impact uh, with with who we are together as Southern Baptists. Good. Why why did you take on this role at Guidestone? Obviously, leaving the pastorate, you said uh, thirty years in the pastorate. Why um, would you step into this role? Yeah, you, you know, I mean, the short answer is uh, out of a sense of the Lord's calling, and uh, as always, case with God's calling. Once once you realize what He's calling you to do, you can look back and see how he has prepared you for that. Uh, I'm glad that I spent the prime of my ministry. I spent most of my years shepherding the flock of God, pastoring a a local church. Um, I think those years pastoring the church, you you know, I I think that I think shepherding the flock of God when it's properly embraced is a spiritual discipline that shapes a man in a unique way. And, and so, um, you know, caring for people, praying for people, studying God's word, preaching God's word, leading the flock. Uh, it, it shaped me. So, I, I mean, I still kind of view myself as a pastor. Guidestone's always had a pastor president. Um, and, um, and because, because that, those years shepherding the flock of God uh, shaped me. Now, I started off in small churches. I spent most of my pastoral ministry in Oklahoma City and the church I pastored Eric Well Springs grew and got significantly larger. And so I found myself more and more exercising uh, leadership gifts, administrative leadership type gifts. Uh, during my latter years at Quell Springs, I chaired one of our trustee boards. I tra- chaired the Baptist University board. I was president of the state convention and was chairman of the International Mission Board. And so the Lord, looking back on it, I see the Lord was giving me this kind of this institutional exposure and understanding how, how um, our, our, our ministries and institutions operate. And, and, and then, of course, um, uh, in 2017, Oklahoma Baptist asked me to come and be the executive director of the state convention. And, and I really thought that was where I would spend the rest of my life. But, but looking back on it, that was 
invaluable experience preparing me for Guidestone. In, in, in the work at Guidestone, in a, you know, I would describe the calling here as, as kind of twofold. It was a calling uh, to, to a stewardship and to a platform. And so as I prayed through this, this open door, this opportunity, is this got what God's leading me to in this next season of my life? A lot, uh, you know, much of this call is a call to a stewardship. There, there are almost a quarter of a million people that count on Guidestone and, uh, and they count on us on things that are very important to their life and, and their, and their future and their family. And, and, uh, and so this is a, this is a tremendous financial, spiritual kingdom stewardship that, that great men and women, women of God have invested uh, a lot in over the past hundred plus year. And, and, um, and now I'm accountable for it. And, and so I felt God leading me, uh, uh, to seek his grace, to be faithful with the stewardship. I also felt a calling to a platform. I think that, 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 um, Guidestone in dealing with financial security and resilience is in a position to speak to pastors and their wives and to churches and ministry leaders, uh, about the importance of, um, of finishing well, of taking care of yourself and your household, and 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 so I think I think plat- Guidestone gives us a platform opportunity to speak into into people's lives at that most basic, uh, some one of those most basic levels. Mm-hmm. Let me ask. Uh, I want to come back around to kind of what Guidestone doing in the coming year, things you're excited about. But just given given you talked even about transition just in the SBC, but there's certainly transition in the culture around us. Um, what, how should we think about money, retirement, insurance, uh, especially with a shifting culture with obviously inflation, other things going on? Uh, you talked about, the, use the word stewardship. How should we think about uh, some of the things that Guidestone does in a shifting culture? Yeah. I, I, you, I mean, you know that uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same, the more complex and uncertain your current situation is, the more you need to kind of go back to the basics, go back to the beginning. And, uh, and so I, I think it's very important to frame what Guidestone does um, uh, from, a, from a biblical perspective. Um, and and uh, the, the, here, here's how we articulate our vision at Guidestone. We want to see every servant of Christ finish well. Um, we, in fact, that, you know, you can you can talk about the the, uh, the the correlation the corollary of a vision is a burden, right? And sometimes calling comes in the sense of a vision. Sometimes it comes more in the sense of a burden. And so the burden is for that pastor, that minister, that professor, that missionary who does not take care of himself or herself or for of their family, and so they they're not well. They don't finish well uh, because of financial pressure. Uh, either they grow discouraged or disheartened. They quit. Uh, for whatever reason, they don't finish well. So we want to see every servant of Christ finish well. Finish well is not just about getting to retirement, about getting through retirement, about having freedom and flexibility in your, uh, uh, in your retirement years. And so our, our part in that is we enhance financial security and resilience. Financial security is our lane. That's really what insurance and and uh, and retirement are about. 
Uh, but the reason financial security is important for a minister is resilience, right? Resilience is that capacity to bounce back, that capacity to adjust to unexpected hardship. And, and, uh, and, and what we're trying to do is help pastors and their families, ministers and their families, take care of the financial household in such a way that they can, they can have a resilience. Uh, 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 you know, Paul says to Timothy, pay careful attention to yourself and to the teaching. Persevere in these things. For in so doing, you ensure salvation, not just for yourself, but for those who hear you. That's very important for what we do at Guidestone, because that's, that's really kind of what we do. It's not just about the minister, but it's about the church and the ministry, everybody that's following him. He's got to pay attention not just to the teaching, but to himself, and he has to have the capacity to persevere. And so when I read Paul saying, take care, pay attention to yourself, then I, you know, I'm mindful of the fact that that's in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and in chapter 3, Paul has just said, if a guy can't take care of his own household, how can he take care of the household of God, hmm. right? And um, so, you know, uh, it, it's not, the, the Bible very clearly teaches us that those who serve the Lord are worthy of double honor. They, they need to pay attention to their financial needs. The church needs to be mindful uh, that those who serve them need to be provided for financially. And it's not because anybody's trying to get rich, but it's because if we don't have stability in our financial lives, then we won't have stability and perseverance, a capacity to be resilient over the long haul of our call to ministry. And that's really the space that Guidestone plays in. Mm. Uh, with that in mind, then what are some things you're kind of excited about, about the next six months, year, things that are going on at Guidestone that you'd want our hearers to know about? I, know, I'm, I, I think we have great opportunity. You know, Guidestone is 100 years in now, which means that we have the history, we have the, the financial heft to have a real impact. Um, they're, they're really... Uh, with 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 pastors and ministries, the the type that will be listening to this podcast, uh, we want to uh, help with financial literacy and compensation advocacy. I mean, we we want to help guys understand better um, their financial lives and how to be better managers managers of their of their money to to God's glory and to the and uh, to for the for the stability and blessing of their own household and family. Uh, there, there are two reasons why guys struggle financially. One is financial literacy. They just don't, they don't know. They don't manage what they have very well. The other is they just aren't, they aren't compensated properly, adequately in the right way. And so that goes to compensation advocacy. We want to help, we at Guidestone want to help our churches understand how important it is to compensate their pastor, their ministers appropriately uh, to, to to pay them enough and to pay them in the right way that is a maximum blessing to their families. And we're working on some things I think are really going to help us with that. Of course, the other thing we do that I, I want to be sure and mention is mission dignity. Mm. Uh, uh, our founder was a pastor in Nashville named William Lunsford. And the Guidestone was originally called the Relief and Annuity Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. Lunsford used to say uh, the, that relief is like an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. And when people fall off and they're in the retirement years, they don't have what they need. We want to be there to help them. The annuity part is building a fence at the top of the cliff. Mm -hmm. We want to help guys 
be ready and avoid. So mission dignity is that original kind of relief component of what we do. Last year we helped uh, over 2,800 uh, ministers and, and their families at a retirement age that were at poverty level and, and needed financial, uh, financial help. And, and when I say 2,800 of them, 67% of them are widows. And that's really something for our pastors mm-hmm. to keep in mind is it's not just about, you know, taking care of yourself. It's about taking care of your, your, your wife over the long haul. Um, because we see oftentimes that uh, a, a pastor gets to the end of his journey, he dies, and his widow's not provided well for. And that's what we mean about we want every servant of Christ to finish well. To, to love her as he loves his own body. Um, yeah, that's right. That, that's re- yeah. Brother, any just, I'm so thankful for you and your ministry. Going to be praying for the Lord's blessing, uh, and particularly for you to take care of our money. Um, but uh, I'm joking about that. But <laughs> any final encouragements to just pastors and 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 those who, brothers and sisters who listen to to this podcast? You, you know, I, I, yeah, for, for the ones that would be listening to this podcast, I, I would say that one of the chief reasons why people aren't in a position to retire well is they don't start soon enough. So, it, it, you know, really in some ways, even if you don't think you can throw much into retirement, get started now. Because if you wait until you're in your 40s to start uh, preparing for retirement, man, it's hard to run fast enough to catch up. And, and so um, get started, get started early uh, in retirement. And, and then also, again, this is basic, but, but if you're married, especially and have kids, make sure your, your life insurance is in shape. You know, we, we, uh, uh, one of the good things about being a member of a state convention is most of our state convention have a protection section that's connected to the, to Guidestone. And, and, uh, if you're contributing to retirement, there's a little bit of uh, death benefit there, but, but we far too often see a young pastor dying unexpectedly and his wife's not covered. And uh, that's just, that's just a, it's a tragedy and it, it becomes a hardship for her and oftentimes a hardship for the church. So be, you know, just be. Be mindful of that. It's a part of managing your own household, mm. and, and it's a clear part of the of the call to be a minister of the gospel. Good. Well, thanks again so much. We'll definitely be praying for you as you serve there in that role, and uh, it means a lot to us who are Southern Baptists, and we appreciate you guys listening to the Baptist 21 podcast. Thank you for listening to the Baptist 21 podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at our website, baptist21.com. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. It would really help us out. If you ever have thoughts or ideas for future interviews, please reach out to us at our email, baptist21 at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast.